Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Caroline Ellison? First, I'll look at the background of this case, including the timeline of the crime, then move to my analysis. Caroline Ellison was born in Boston, Massachusetts in 1994. She was raised in the suburbs of Boston. Her parents, Gwen and Sarah, are both economics professors at MIT. Caroline has two younger sisters. Her father wrote mathematics textbooks for children and encouraged Caroline to take an interest in mathematics. Caroline appeared to have an aptitude for the subject. When she was still in elementary school, she studied statistics. Caroline performed very well in a variety of math competitions, including serving as the captain of a math league at her high school. Caroline graduated from high school in 2012 and attended Stanford University. In 2013, 2014, and 2015, she placed in the top 500 students in a prestigious math competition. Caroline became interested in a philosophy called effective altruism. She even served as the vice president of an effective altruism club at Stanford. The idea behind this philosophy is to use one's ability to reason to have a positive impact on the world. People who subscribe to this philosophy often work diligently in their careers and donate much of their money to charity. In 2016, Caroline earned a bachelor's degree in mathematics. In September of that year, she became an equities trader for a quantitative trading firm called Jane Street Capital. While there, she met a man named Samuel Bankman-Fried. Caroline and Samuel had a lot in common. They were both interested in effective altruism. Just like Caroline, Samuel's parents were professors. They worked at Stanford Law School. Samuel graduated from MIT, as did Caroline. His degree was in physics and he graduated two years before she did. In September 2017, Samuel left Jane Street Capital and moved to California. In October, he and a man named Gary Wang established a quantitative trading firm called Alameda Research. In March of 2018, Caroline took a job at Alameda Research. At some point, she and Samuel became romantically involved and dated occasionally. In October 2021, 
Caroline became a CEO of Alameda Research, along with another executive. So really, she shared the position with somebody else. In August of 2022, the other executive left the company, and Caroline became the sole CEO. A few years before this, in April of 2019, Samuel and Gary started a company called FTX. This was a cryptocurrency exchange, which allowed people to buy, sell, and store Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. One of the main advantages of this company was that it permitted investors to place risky bets, which are not permitted in the United States. Samuel eventually moved FTX to the Bahamas. Over the next few years, FTX was extremely successful. Samuel became a billionaire. He was hanging out with famous people and promoting this idea that he would change the world through generosity. On November 2, 2022, a website called Coindesk, which provides information about cryptocurrency, leaked the balance sheet from Alameda Research. Again, this is the company where Caroline was the CEO. The balance sheet indicated that FTX was lending its own cryptocurrency token called FTT to Alameda Research. There was a lot of concern about what was going on between the two companies. Caroline tried to alleviate concerns. She claimed that the balance sheet information only included some of the assets of Alameda Research. The firm had over $10 billion in additional assets. On November 8, the value of FTT, again the native token of FTX, fell by 72%. The next day, Caroline told employees on a video call that FTX had used money from its customers to satisfy liabilities of Alameda Research. Furthermore, she implicated Samuel and two other executives at FTX. Two days after this, on November 11, Samuel resigned as the CEO of FTX, and the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Seven days later, Caroline was fired from Alameda Research. Federal authorities investigated the situation with FTX and Alameda Research and came to believe that investors were misled, which resulted in the loss of billions of dollars. According to the government, FTX had diverted customer money to Alameda Research which Samuel then used to make lavish real estate purchases, large political donations, and secret venture investments. On December 12, 2022, the Southern District of New York charged Samuel with wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, securities fraud, securities fraud conspiracy, and money laundering. He was arrested that same day in the Bahamas and eventually extradited to the United States. Samuel was released on a $250 million bond which was the largest bond in the history of criminal proceedings in the United States. On December 18, Caroline pleaded guilty to several charges in the Southern District of New York, including wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, conspiracy to commit commodities fraud, conspiracy to commit securities fraud, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. It's like she was trying to collect the whole set of conspiracy related to financial crimes. That same day, the co-founder of FTX, Gary Wang, also pleaded guilty to a number of charges. During a hearing, Caroline admitted to a judge that she conspired to steal billions of dollars from FTX customers. She also mentioned that Samuel and other executives at FTX had received billions of dollars of loans from Alameda Research. Caroline is facing 110 years in prison. However, she is cooperating with federal prosecutors and will likely receive a much lighter sentence. She may not spend any time in prison. 
Samuel Bankman-Fried pleaded not guilty to all charges. He is facing a sentence of 115 years, which means that, if convicted, there is no telling when the bank man will ever be freed. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Now moving to my analysis. Here are my thoughts in a few areas that stood out to me in this case. Item number one, I find it curious that both Caroline and Samuel had an interest in effective altruism, and yet their behavior was anything but altruistic. A person who is altruistic is unselfish, but these two were self-centered. Maybe this philosophy, at least for these two, was more about trying to justify their ambitious financial goals to unwitting victims. It may have also been tied to grandiosity, like they were able to find a higher purpose in their financial success as opposed to others. They were somehow special. They were going to revolutionize the world rather than exist as typical wealthy people. Item number two, Caroline talked about using amphetamines. She implied how using this drug made her appreciate how boring it was not to be high on drugs. This may indicate that Caroline was sensation-seeking, It is not enough to have a luxurious lifestyle. She wanted something more. Drug use is also associated with being low in conscientiousness and being high in openness to experience. Item number three, Caroline initially believed that cryptocurrency was just a scam, but came to appreciate it because she thought it was important to counter authoritarian governments. Here we see yet another connection to some type of higher purpose in one's work life. Caroline wasn't just the CEO of a company, she was trying to change the world. She was fighting against the consolidation of power in the hands of non-elected or deplorable leaders. It's ironic that Caroline did not like irresponsible leaders who had too much power, but she was okay with Samuel. Item number four, Caroline accepted responsibility for her criminal behavior. She told the judge that she knew what she did was wrong and illegal. There is no way to know if this acceptance represents true remorse or simply another shrewd mathematical calculation. Maybe Caroline simply made it to the federal prosecutors before Samuel did, like she beat him to the punch. Now Caroline might not go to prison at all, and Samuel has no choice but to maintain his innocence. It's good to see that Caroline was making the most of those math skills. Item number five, both Caroline and Samuel may have low conscientiousness. They were not cautious or responsible. 
Samuel admitted that he was a poor manager, although this was in the context of explaining how he wasn't guilty, like he was just a poor manager and not a criminal. A person can be both a poor manager and a criminal at the same time. Some of the practices at FTX appeared to indicate some level of disorganization. For example, employee expenses were approved with emojis, and the company managed its accounting with QuickBooks. Typically, this product is not used by large companies. Item number six, both Caroline and Samuel appear to be mathematical geniuses. Considering Caroline pleaded guilty to serious crimes, and the government alleges that Samuel is guilty as well, what does that say about the nature of being a mathematical genius? Is this somehow tied to criminality? The research tells us that there is no association between being a mathematical genius and antisocial behavior. An astonishing aptitude for mathematics, however, is associated with a personality trait, openness to experience. Which brings me to item number seven. Openness to experience is the only personality trait connected to the construct of mathematical genius, or for that matter, any type of genius. Openness to experience is a trait comprising several characteristics. For example, fantasy proneness, tolerance for ambiguity, flexible thinking, responsiveness to art and beauty, rich and deep emotional reactions, intellectual curiosity, being socially and politically liberal, and a tendency to adopt new ways of doing things. Levels of openness to experience tend to peak in a person's 20s and then decline slightly as someone enters their 30s. After this, the trait remains stable for the remainder of adulthood. Certain facets of openness to experience, such as appreciating beauty and being intellectually curious, do not decline with age. These two facets are often elevated in people classified as geniuses. Openness to experience also facilitates divergent thinking, that is, the ability to generate multiple solutions to a problem. Divergent thinking is not associated with any other personality trait, only to openness to experience. I think what may have happened here in the case of Caroline and Samuel is that their openness to experience worked against them in a few ways. It combined with other traits like low conscientiousness and led to problems. A few examples. Their appreciation for art and beauty led them to obtain objects that were elegant and expensive. Their divergent thinking led them to generate too many solutions to problems. One solution, which would have been discounted by most people, was defrauding investors out of billions of dollars. They became lost in fantasy and believed that they could escape the consequences of their behavior. They invested in the fantasy that they were superior and the rules did not apply to them. They may have even believed that they had the authority to make the rules and change standards. For example, they appeared to have invented the paradoxical idea of self-directed altruism. Many people who are gifted mathematically have mid-range to high conscientiousness, but here we see two mathematical geniuses who appear to have low conscientiousness. All the negative behaviors of Caroline and Samuel would have been facilitated and amplified by low conscientiousness. Now moving to my final thoughts. I mentioned before that the concept of genius is connected to high openness to experience, but that doesn't mean that all geniuses are high in this trait. One notable low openness to experience genius was Henry Ford, the founder of the Ford Motor Company who revolutionized the transportation industry. Henry Ford was traditional. For example, he idealized the past 
He was not a fan of new ideas. He did not want to develop a new vehicle after the Model T, believing it was perfect, and he did not appreciate art. He disparaged his son's art collection. A person who is low in openness to experience is down-to-earth, practical, and traditional. In certain situations, these characteristics are favorable. I imagine the FTX investors who lost money would have preferred a low openness to experience genius to run that company. A personality trait is not good or bad, but when personality traits combine with each other and are exposed to specific environmental stressors, the result can be something like the FTX debacle. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? (coughs) Or just a horrible accident? (coughs) That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.